Knuckleball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Kylian Mbappe, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I was reading the math about this, right? So the weekly salary, if he does go to Al-Hilal, who have made a world record $300 million bid, £260 million, would be £11.63 million a week that Mbappe would earn, which is precisely £9.6 million more than he earns at PSG at the moment, every he's week. He's only on £2 million a week at the moment. But per exactly. yeah. So And with, with all the creative freedom that you want. Mm. So if he does this for a year, and then gets his dream moved to Real Madrid... Happy days, Killian, isn't it? But sad days for football. They're giving him five hundred million. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for the year. It Seems does, like a lot. It does seem like quite a bit. But it's, it's nothing to them. Well, you could buy a Premier League team for less than that. So I don't think they want it. Though I think they want to do their thing over there. And I they want to bring that. Him over there. I understand that. I do. I like. I know what they're doing. But at the same time, it doesn't seem like they're getting good value. You know that. Oh, this will be the moment where they catapult into everybody's living rooms. Will it really? Mm. Well, are we all going to sit and watch Saudi Arabian football on TV? The, the lads said, "Well, that's the maybe crowd. we are. Maybe the two big leagues in the world in ten years' time are going to be America and Saudi Arabia, and you know they're they've all, they've long been allies, haven't they? Yeah, like the, the lads had a similar co- uh, conversation recently on the show. Like it, it's almost like an episode of Black Mirror. But at what point will we be watching match of the day Saudi Arabia, like and watching highlights and kids well, going around in, in Al Halal shirts? You can watch the local football." In your neighbourhood, if you choose to, if you get sucked into watching, if Black Mirror style, if you, if you don't have the the brain power to not do it, then fair play, congratulations on being on. But if they sign enough of these unbelievable Who players, cares? then the Western world and, and kids are going to want to watch them. Who cares? The MLS signed a lot of washed up has beens, right? And uh, okay, so this is not washed up has beens. No, no, it's not. This is some of the best players in the world, but they're playing in a, a low standard of football. Like, do you watch preseason friendlies that don't involve your team? Ever? Um, no. Why would you? Yeah, but mm. yeah, but yeah. China, Kylian Mbappe in his prime doesn't take part in like. Hold, hold on a you, second. Are, are you telling me you care about the outcome of one team versus another in Saudi Arabia? You've literally no connection with it. No, but it's it's more the players, isn't it? I, I don't. I couldn't care less about the team. And I'm not saying I, I'd watch them, but I'm saying I think a large cohort of people will. Like if Kylian Mbappe, Jordan Henderson, all these lads are heading off. Okay, the, 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 who, not to put like Henderson watch, in the same. Yeah, the well, same you're gonna, I, like, come on, I, no, you don't. You don't have to watch it. They could sign the 25 best players in the world, but I'll still be far more interested because I follow Aston Villa in in Aston Villa's fortunes, and that is also in itself ridiculous. I'll still be uh, trying to get more interested in my domestic league and more likely to bring my kids to my domestic league than it's, it's up to us to. We, we, we have incredible power when it comes to what's going on here by not watching and not caring about it. Kylian Mbappe could go and score 600 goals. They could be the greatest goals you've ever seen. Remember the, remember the goals Latan scored where he dribbles around like 12 people in a pre-season friendly? It was, like, was Ajax. In a pre-season friendly. A Friday Galaxy. Yeah. No, no, it was Ajax. It was back, yeah, in, the, right. back yeah. in the day, yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it's just, it's, just it, it's meaningless. Um, but what about the young people who don't support clubs and they support players mm. they'll go wherever Mbappe goes you know you're saying Aston Villa but that's your thing you know and you come from a time where you'd support the club over the player but oftentimes now it's like the players marketed so much that they're the new club 
for people. So like if they sign enough of those type of players of the types of Mbappe and get them in longer term contracts, why wouldn't the new generation of football fans watch their football in Saudi Arabia? Why would they care about the political aspect of it or the morality aspect? Well, then they're not good people. If you don't care about, but if you don't, don't, if you don't care if about morality, if you if you're making a choice to go, oh, I don't really care about this thing, like fast. But kids don't kids don't care about Saudi uh, about Saudi um, human rights well, issues. Well, their heroes are going to play right well, for then, these leagues. So well, they're, they're going to follow their heroes. There are repercussions for that. I think if there's enough that go, the people will follow. If the product is better, eventually. Who, who will follow though? Enough, enough to a point where enough it, fans, enough people will watch it. All they want is people watching it. But hang on, this, you, that, that's a different. You're saying we're all going to be watching. The, no, Shane's question. We. Shane's question was, when will we be watching? That was his question. Mm. And I'm saying I'm never going to be watching it. That's you. I, yeah. But or rather, when that was what he asked. When will the TV? That's what he asked. When will the TV companies be showing us highlights? Regardless of our individual decisions to watch, when well, will we be throwing this? Well, you can you can get it now if you want. What TV companies are you talking about? When will Sky show it? Well, when will it, when will they prioritize yeah, that over, over the here. Premier League? Yeah, they're never going to prioritize it over the Premier League because the Premier League like has a domestic market of sixty million people, and so sure the the rights for the Premier League are six billion. Richard Masters in the papers today, and it, it's uh, slightly greater international rights than local rights, but the still local rights will be two billion. And for two billion, you'll still get a really good league, a really competitive league where the storied history of Manchester United and Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea and everybody else actually matters. That's why this stuff matters. You can't just so the, the reason that the uh, the Saudis and Qatar and uh, the UAE are trying to buy football is because it has a history that they don't have. That's the cachet that they're trying to get. It's not just about the geopolitical power. While that's very important, it's also about the kudos from owning something that has a history and a tradition. And the Saudi League will never have that. So no matter how good the quality of football gets, it's going to be like one of those Champions League games that you watch where it's like, oh, the quality of football is very good here, but I actually don't care about what happens here. And so, sure, uh, there will be a critical mass of people around the world who are watching this, but it won't matter. But Abu Dhabi bought Manchester City in 2008 and it's basically a new club now. It's nothing to do with the previous club. And they have a whole new generation of fans. There's Man City fans walking around the street now that would never have supported City if Abu Dhabi didn't buy them. Are they Abu Dhabi fans? They're, they're fans of what they're seeing in front of them. They're fans of Haaland and the Bruyne. They don't care about where the money's coming from. That's my point. If the players go, people will follow. But people just want to watch a good product. People want the escapism. They're not going to look into your, what's happening your, here. Your point is that... Um, their senses will be dulled. In, in Manchester, mm. a club exists that has a, a lot of money that has come from the Gulf. Right. Yeah. But uh, you could you could build that same team in Saudi Arabia, and uh, you're not going to have kids in Manchester wandering around in shirts for one of those teams. Well, Manchester, no, because City are doing that in England. Yeah. So, but another city. Shane's questions, which were which was the the basis of this, is when are we going to be watching this? When is it going to be our TVs? And my point is that it's never going to supplant the Premier League in the hearts and minds of the people who are Premier League fans genuine Premier League fans as opposed to the casual fans who you're talking about who are like Instagram fans and like I don't really actually know I mean they're, they're, you could basically just buy the Kardashian brand and access the same a similar sized audience and that's the conversation I think you're like oh this doesn't matter because the audience is going to be so big that wouldn't achieve sports washing though like and, and this is build, this is feel the dream stuff build it and they will come and I, I feel like a lot of people are going to head towards the Saudi League because it is not like the MLS whatsoever it's players in the prime of their life and kids the generation of kids nowadays as you say Colm only care about players 
they do not care about teams. They're Mbappe fans and they're Haaland fans. Some of them support teams, of course. Yeah, I mean, come on. But kids, like, kids, you're saying kids like you know every single kid, right? Like, no. They're, they're, the individual players have become big brands. That's true. But yeah. at some point, at some point, everybody starts to think about stuff. Like, oh, they will never think about it. You can never reach a moment where you tip over from, uh, they just executed another 200 people there. Oh, but the football. No, oh, but the 200 people. No, oh, but you see, you and me would have the same preference. I'd never... Leave the Premier League for Saudi League. Nor would I. Nor would I. Sorry for the record. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, but I'm not talking about us. That's my point here. There is a market for this. If prime players go over, sure. But there, that's that's the thing. I'm not going to say it's going to overtake the Premier League completely. But in five to ten years' time, you could see kids walking around with Saudi Arabian club jerseys. I'd be, I'd be so unsurprised. I'd be so unsurprised. If that was How the many case. of them, though? Right? Because there's always going to be. There's always going to be one or two. Yeah, right? totally. Because we thought that was going to happen in China, and it didn't. And MLS as well, and it hasn't really. It hasn't taken over the Premier League. This is probably the biggest threat to it. There's obviously way more money here than there is in uh, either of those two leagues. Uh, yeah. Like, in, you know, in in, uh, in raw terms, the money that's being talked about by Mbappe, I just don't think they're getting good value for money. I think that Mbappe could go and be like, oh, this is a... a ch- well, we'll see. Well, the one thing, because it's only a one-year contract, so he'll just, he's just going to leave after 12 months, so how much uh, positive impact will that have for the league? I don't know. If the I'm other thing with Mbappe, sorry, Shane, the only thing with Mbappe is that, like, he doesn't get challenged as it is enough with Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. We, like he doesn't play in enough high quality games in Mbappe the world doesn't really see him like so many of Champions those games League. in France he's breezing through them even when they lose whatever like even if they win the league it's like Grant other than the PSG Ultras whatever yeah. they haven't done anything in the Champions League we don't see him that often we don't see the best of Mbappe let's go to, let's go to Australia Kathleen McNamee good morning to you how are you? morning guys doing good doing good how is the World Cup? Yeah, it's gone well. Um, sitting in Perth, a very, very rainy and cold Perth. Arrived in late last night, um, so just spent the morning kind of wandering around, exploring. Uh, was just watching the Canada press conference there, so their coach, Bev Priestman, was saying that Ireland are a horrible team to play against and uh, that Jesse Fleming will be fit. So that's probably the big news that's just happened in the last 10 or so minutes from over here. There's another Ireland press conference today at around about half past nine, but Vera is in the pa- all the papers this morning, so obviously there was something yesterday as well. Uh, That's actually from the weekend, so Vera was chatting um to the newspapers and she was saying that uh, Abby Larkin, did, she didn't say specifically that she's going to start, but that she kind of hinted that it could be a possibility, and if that is the case, the likelihood is that Marissa Shiva um, may come out of the squad, which would be... Tough one for her to take considering the performance the other night and being substituted so quickly after the um, penalty. But the big question mark is kind of, is Abby, she was absolutely brilliant when she came on. Is she ready to have that starting position and to play as well as she did from the get-go? Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Vera says. She's, as you say, she's up for media around half night. Your time, the last time we did one of these, pref- these are like the FIFA press conferences and normally a lot of the time, the Irish media gets to chat to Vera kind of, you know, through the Irish. Mm. Yeah, so it's a lot easier. Um, The last one only lasted for 11 minutes. So, yeah, the big ones will be chances of Abby Larkin starting an update on Louise Quinn. Um, She flew to Perth in a protective boot, but did play in the training session they have. They have another training session later today. And then also how is Katie McCabe's hand? Because uh, she her fingers were fairly heavily bandaged after... The last game, it's not Katie up for media today, it's Kira Carissa. So um be interesting to see. That kind of implies that there won't be any changes up front for Ireland in terms of who's going to start in that solo position. 
So the team Kathleen went back to the base in Brisbane after the Australia game and then what, four and a half, five hours west to, to Perth? Five hours. Turns out Australia's pretty yeah. big. Yeah, it turns out it is. I had the good fortune of having a screaming baby behind me for the five hours yesterday, which is very fun. Although I, I felt a lot worse for the parents than I did myself. But um, yeah, five hours. It's a long trip. There was a lot of people kind of questioning why the team didn't maybe stay on in Sydney for a day or two and then go straight to Perth and kind of get, because there's also a jet lag. So like there's a two hour time difference. Um, so in Brisbane and Sydney, we were nine head, hours ahead of Ireland here. We're only seven. Uh, but it was FIFA mandated that they go back to Brisbane because that is technically their base. Um, so the team had a bit of media on Saturday morning and then they had a day off. I had training session on Friday, a bit of media on Saturday morning, then the rest of the day off on Saturday, which was quite funny because I think a lot of people took that as an opportunity to recharge their batteries. So, you know, I was wandering around South Brisbane going into the fan zones and you just kept running into the players. And it got to the point where I felt like saying to them, I swear I'm not trying to stalk you. This part is just very, very small and it's kind of the nice part of Brisbane. And so, yeah, a lot of them went to the fan zone in Brisbane, which was really, really good vibe. And I watched the England game there and then they flew out on Sunday morning and they've had a training session here since. And then, yeah, another one today. And also a familiarization with the stadium later, just where the team get to kind of walk out and around the field and then game day tomorrow. Should be a lot more Irish fans. What is it, Twenty, I think 20,500 capacity? Perth Rectangular Stadium. So the, the shape of the stadium will surprise no one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there will be more Irish here. I Definitely Perth, because it's so off the beaten track, it's kind of harder to get to for a lot of Irish fans. Um, I went to a couple of Irish pubs this morning, because what else do you do at 11 o'clock on a what day? Is it Tuesday? Um and I was chatting to just some of the owners there and stuff, and they say there's a nice Irish crowd in Perth, but they don't really expect too many people to be flying in. Mm. Um, I've heard of a couple of groups, but a lot of people are staying over on the other coast just because of that five-hour flight there and five hours back. It's not particularly pleasant. Um, and also just it's not as regular as some of the other internal flights, but there should be a good Irish crowd. Um, there's a couple of the pubs here that are throwing events, so we'll bop along to those and see who has come out for for the big game. Is it get much uh, coverage in the in the local papers? I'm just uh, keeping an eye on the, the score here from the the New Zealand Philippines game, and Philippines on course for a for a massive shock, won the lead there after just over an hour. But um, I'd imagine that mm. the, the papers in both countries, Australia and New Zealand, are fairly heavily weighted towards this. Yeah, I was actually just watching that game before I came on with you guys, and uh, if. New Zealand had won, that would have been them true. So that would have been massive considering like the last game was the first one they've ever won at a World Cup. The papers are definitely going heavy on it. It's just actually getting to watch the games that's really difficult because apart from the Matildas games, all the group stage games are all behind a paywall. So like you can get Optus Sports, which is basically the equivalent of Sky Sports here, which a lot of homes will have anyways. But even if you go into like most hotel rooms, like a lot of the Irish press pack hasn't been watching the games. I bought a subscription because it was like $20 for the month that I was here. And I was like, it's going to be worth it in terms of actually seeing what's happening in the World Cup. Um, But a lot of places you go into either don't have a subscription or just aren't showing it. So there's definitely in the traditional media, there's a lot of buzz, but it's kind of hard unless you're going to very specific places to catch the games, which is a shame because I think that's the way that you get people the most is, you know, those people casually flicking around on their TV and see a game pops up and decide to pay attention to it. Um, and there's a lot of anger on the ground here from Australians that if Optus was allowed by the rights to it, I think it was a good few years ago now because they see it as a barrier to 
growing the game here. Um, I mean, if you look at the viewing figures from most other countries, I think Brazil's last game was watched by like 11.5 million people, which is the biggest viewership they've had since uh, the Beijing Olympics or something on women's football. So like stuff like that's great to see. And it's definitely happening. Uh, I think there's 54% more attendance so far at this stage of the tournament. So all those figures across the board are really positive. It's just annoying if you're in Australia to try and watch it. Ireland are playing the uh, reigning Olympic champions here, Canada, but Canada have only won one of their last seven games. They haven't scored in four mm-hmm. of their last six matches. They've conceded 10 in their last eight. So you're saying we have a chance? <laughs> Possibly. I thought another interesting fact about Canada, of the 32 teams that are in the World Cup, 30 of them have domestic leagues. Canada are one of the ones that do not have a domestic league. They have the eighth highest um, income in the world. And the other other team who doesn't have a league is Haiti, which is one of the the poorest countries in the world. So it says a lot about the setup for them there. Uh, If you watch the game they played against Nigeria, I think it summed it up very well to say they're really good defenders, but you don't know where their goal is going to come from, which makes me think that tomorrow could be a little bit of a trudge because that's kind of how people look at Mm. us. Now, Jessie Fleming going into the setup does change things massively because she's a really high impact player. Um, There was massive worry on the Canadian side that she wasn't going to be available. Likelihood from what I've seen in the Canadian papers and stuff is that they think Christine Sinclair is going to be taken out who missed that penalty. That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But also you have to remember what Christine Sinclair is like 40 odd. Yeah. So like you probably don't expect her to play a full match anyways, whereas Jesse Fleming is competing at the highest level with um, Chelsea and the WSL. So that's going to be really interesting. And then, uh, I mean, I have expected there. I was like 50-50 on whether there'd be any changes. And I thought the only change on the Irish side would probably be Abby Larkin or Lucy Quinn coming in. So that kind of midfield role and also providing a little bit of cover for Katie. Um, so really interested to see what Vera says about that in a couple of hours' time. What kind of shape do Canada have? How do they match up against our shape? Actually very similar. That's the thing. The two teams set up pretty much the same way, um, or at least have in their last couple of games. They like to go heavy on the defence and then like Fleming is really good at breaking behind the lines. So utilizing her in the best way possible would be really important. They also have Ashley Lawrence, who is like one of the best players um, out there at the moment. And she is just signed for Chelsea. So we'll be seeing a lot more of her this season in the WSL. She was up for media today as well. And again, I feel like herself and Bev Priestman were kind of egging Ireland on and putting us up a little bit. But yeah, tomorrow's crucial. I mean, we lose tomorrow, we're out of the tournament. So a result of some kind is absolutely essential. I think I probably felt a lot more optimistic coming out of the Australia game than I do now, having had like a couple of days. I just, I really don't know where our goals are going to come from unless it is a set piece or something, especially if Vera was like so reticent to use Amber Barrett on the night in Sydney. Um, So yeah, the... The team is going to be interesting tomorrow, especially I feel like after the first hour, if it looks like we're not going to score a goal, I just wonder, will Vera have the confidence to stick on someone like Amber? Perth, what's it like? It's a strange city. I have I only had a proper chance to look around it this morning because I got in last late last night. It's kind of hard to work out what its vibe is. You know, Sydney was very, you know, hopping, happening central city brisbane's very chill whereas here you definitely notice 
it's a little bit more rough around the edges than the other cities that I've been to so far. It's also been the worst weather since I've been here. So that could be adding to it a little bit. But um, you kind of go very quickly to slightly run down areas into like big bustling districts. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to have a proper look around maybe a little bit today and then tomorrow morning as well to see if I can find some of the nice places. Um, yeah, good Irish folk called Dirty Nellies who are showing all the World Cup games. So that that has been my main recommendation so far. It's also a great name for a pub. Not bad. Okay, can we expect Vera Powell play Katie McCabe higher up the pitch? That seemed to be something coming out of the papers as well this morning that she maybe feels a little less reluctant to do that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually heard Vera so like open about the fact that Katie needs to get higher up the pitch. Normally she's like, no, 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 she wants to sit deep. But you can see you're doing that, like the role the places that Shiva was getting herself into on the pitch, it was obvious that that was something that they talked about. Um, I think because she was talking about it so much, I really do wonder if that is, there is going to be a tactical switch to allow that for Katie, because realistically, I don't know if we should be having someone who is five foot one in our like back five, especially if that's a target area for teams to put in high balls. Um, so yeah, Katie getting higher up to pitch seems that Vera thinks that she was the only one likely to score, um, which again, I have to question a little bit when you look at where a lot of our goals have come from recent times. Like We all know Katie playing higher up the pitch is a good thing, but we also need to make sure that we're not leaving ourselves open to things that like happened with the penalty where someone who isn't used to playing in defensive positions does something silly and that's the decider and what was an incredibly, incredibly close game. I don't feel as sick about this one, which is maybe a bonus or else it's a sign of resignation. I haven't quite decided yet. <laughs> I know, it's hope. That, they're the same thing. <laughs> Flip sides of the same coin. Good stuff, Kathleen. We'll let you go and get ready for the press conference. Cheers. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.